but it's working now. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to, to the f- f- episode 264. I forget. 265. My God, there's too many, too many now. Episode 265 of the Maritime Paintball Podcast. Uh, I'm super pumped. I'm excited. I'm always excited. I'm excited every time I do this. Uh, we're going to have uh, Chad Bob on in a second. He's going to talk about, he's a, he's a dude that makes 3D printed stuff. Um, but he's got all sorts of weird and wonderful toys in the background there that hopefully he'll talk about, um, as well as some projects. So without further ado, everyone say hi to Chad. I want to say Bob. (laughs) Evening. So you run Chad Bob's Print Shack. Yes. So give us some background. What is Chad Bob's Print Shack? I love saying it. Yeah. Well, originally, like way back in the day when we first started playing paintball, when they were still doing A5s and X7s and stuff like that, when they're getting big into the Milsim, uh, we were really big into basically making all our own mods when they had like the obscure kits and stuff like that. And eventually it started into like, we were literally melting down milk jugs for the plastic and casting body kits and Basically, it kind of evolved from there. And then once 3D printing became more affordable, I was like, take the dive, get a 3D printer. And basically just started from there on my own mods and then shared them online. And it kind of evolved from that. Okay, back it up here. Melting down milk jugs. Let's talk (laughs) about that. (laughs) Basically, like really, really, really crappy injection molded parts. So you just take like the plastic, waxy plastic that's in milk jugs and you boil it down into solid plastic and you can pour it into a cast mold and it once it's hardened it's semi-durable basically so like durable yeah okay okay so that's some true diy stuff happening there that's some pretty wild stuff um oh i'm being told the sound is very low let me double check here uh yeah actually the sound is a little bit low let's see if i can fix that real quick there we go there now the sound isn't i think we fixed it um let's fix that there problem solved there we, go. we fixed it it's all fixed okay so you went from um doing some some weird janky stuff with milk jugs to to 3d printing mm-hmm. so what got you like what, what got you into doing mods for for the paintball community so everybody knows about Epoch Paintball and his wicked lever action Hammer 7. His, yeah. Sure. He, yeah. So Cody, he originally was started doing 3D printing before us, the rest of us in our group. And basically just seeing his stuff, I was like, you know what? I'll give it a shot. Started downloading programs, just fiddling around and figured you can do it. Why can't I? Yeah. Pretty yeah. good, pretty good way to go about it. If he can do yeah. it, why can't I? Uh, awesome. So, sorry, I had, it's going to be one of those days where the thoughts are going to come and go from my head. Um, Christopher Strzok says he's surprised that the red cart is not in the background. He said the red cart the is red in cart. storage. What is the red cart? He's talking about the red, the the little red wagon that I I bring out to events so we can toss all our markers and uh, first strikes okay. and water drag it out to the safe zone every time nice nice that's great i i need to get a wagon i was looking at that i was actually looking at him at uh at every everyone rags me on the wagon but every time it's out there like man it's good good thing you brought this out it's right like, yeah yeah yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you look like an idiot can i put yeah. my paint in it <laughs> yeah exactly <laughs> it's always the way it is it's always the way it is um <laughs> so we so it just reminds me of um Oh, years ago back when like i was young and stupid and we had like this ragtag group of paintballers and we like half our shit was duct taped together and it was like old yeah. army surplus stuff and we wiped the floor with this one team that was just decked out head to toe and all the latest like matching gear yeah exactly um, so yeah i mm, love it uh apparently the red wagon is the mvp if you didn't know yeah. so yeah. that's great all right Important question though, serious question: Is it Little Tykes or Radio Flyer? It's Walmart brand. 
<laughs> is it one of those like Coleman style fold up ones? Is that what it's, I'm looking yeah, at? Yeah, it's like the the fold out and you zip it together and toss the board in the bottom. Oh, okay. Gotcha. Yeah. All right. Well, it fits Zach, in the larger wagon easier. All right. I will, for Zach's sake, I will get the radio flyer wagon <laughs> and I will bring that next time. Um, that's going to be expensive, isn't it? Those look, that's, that's like the brand name kids wagon. Uh, oh, well. So we've got some questions that were, uh, several of them were asked by Will, Will, Will and Gordon. <laughs> um, so we're going to go through them. And folks, if you have questions or anything, if you want us to elaborate on something, please just drop it in the comments there and we'll, we'll hopefully get to it. Um, the first question from William was, uh, will you adopt me? I always wanted a dad like you, which is both heartfelt, <laughs> endearing, and sad all at the same time. Well, we actually are adopting coming next year. So we're, we're certified to adopt now. So possibly. Well, that's intense. Yeah. That's cool, but intense. That's yeah. Wow. <laughs> I have no idea. how. No, to... I, yeah. Just got to expand the family. Hey, yeah. There you go. Adop that's cool, man. Adopting. That's awesome. Yeah. No, it's, it's going to, it's a fun, a fun adventure. Yeah. Sounds terrifying though. Like a terrifying adventure. A little, a little bit. Yeah. A little bit. It's like we, we have one of our own and we're like, we can spread the love elsewhere. We we only need one of ours. <laughs> we have one carbon copy. We don't need yeah. another. Yeah. We... <laughs> um, where'd it go? There it is. Can you show us? This is from. Keep in mind these. All these questions are from William. Mm. Can you show us your dog that has no feet? I could. Uh, I'll have to let. I'll, I'll message the wife to let the dog come downstairs. Twenty first century. Yeah. Let me text the wife upstairs. Uh, so yeah, so he asked that and then, uh, William actually called me and he goes, uh, heads up. Uh, I asked 10 questions, uh, nine of which are real. And one of them is a bullshit question. And I was like, well, which there's two, isn't there? I was like, there's something about a dog with no feet. And he goes, no, he yeah. legit has a dog with missing feet. Yeah. I was like, oh. yeah, we, uh, we, we adopted a dog <laughs> and she was born without rear feet and missing a third of her tail. Wow. So we like, yeah, she was picked up by uh, just like one of the rescues in our area. And she was, it was during the middle of the uh, winter. So they thought it was frostbite and stuff like that. And then as she was growing, turns out she literally just wasn't born with her back two feet. And she's got little paw nubs on them, like with the pads that you would normally have on dog feet. But, but she doesn't have, she doesn't have actual feet. She has pirate stubs. So she's just got like little pads at the end of a nub. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's kind of adorable. You know, no, like she's, she's quite the character. I imagine dog like that's got to have character. That's <laughs> so if she, it, it, when she makes her way down here, if the door gets opened up there, I'll, I'll lift her up and we'll, we'll show her off. We'll show her off. Okay. Awesome. We're going to, I'm going to do that one of these days. I'm going to have a pets. Well, the pets episode. I'll get like, Oh, exactly. Ballers on. We got to show our pets. Yeah. Um, you can all hear my fat cat screaming at some point. Yeah, my cat's fun. probably somewhere in the basement as well. <laughs> in the background staring at you or something. Yeah. Uh, man, what kind of... Okay, let's talk about some of your projects and we'll get back to um, yeah. Will's questions because he has so many of them. Also, for the record, uh, Wolf uh, Critchell in the chat, he said it's it's Admiral Man. Admirable. Sorry. Uh, Zach Joseph on topic from concept to finish. How long does it take to bring an idea to reality? It really depends on what I'm working on. Like if it's a new marker that just came out. So like with the MG 100 and stuff like that, start to finish. Once the base file is done, it could be like 10 to 20 hours worth of designing and then hundreds of hours of printing, depending on how badly you screw up the dimensions on your mm. prototypes and whatnot. And then, but once a kit like, so say with my FSC kits and stuff like that, I have like a base model frame. And then once I have the frame, it just basically comes down to like, do I have an idea? Do I have a solid idea in my head? Do I know what I want? And it can be two hours, three hours, and I can have a fully fleshed out cosmetic pistol kit or carbine kit because the base is already there and that's good. 
because <laughs> cosmetics don't matter basically because as long as everything fits proper what you do on the outside of it doesn't affect so much the base quality of it okay yeah i see what you're saying so once you get like your base frame the base frame on average will be 10 to 20 hours of design and x amount of hours based on the size of the kit so like the hammer 7 kit that i've been working on i did the about say five hours worth of designing and i printed off four or five prototypes which was about 20 hours to 35 hours i think is what it worked out to and just printing um so like i'll print like cross sections of important parts of just to make sure like fitment works and all that oh, okay and then that say, way like, how do you prototype so a prototype? so like it, so like something like this if i was printing the pistol kit i only focus on this front section first where everything mounts so long as that fits all the other stuff doesn't matter because it's it on the it's the exterior part right yeah it's the interior the touches the marker is the part that matters right yeah that's cool so walk me through the process like so you get a new marker like the mg100 and you just sort of like sit down and look at it and go what do I want to do to this thing? And then just start taking like hundreds of measurements. Like what is it? How does it, how does the, base... well, it, de it depends too. Cause like, there's a, like uh, with the MG 100, I, I collaborated a lot with Ray from Meg, MegFed makers. Good guy. He did a lot of work on the actual mounting hardware and stuff. And I helped with the cosmetic stuff on just connecting and whatnot. And then we shared the, share the design between both of us. So then basically it cuts the work in, in half basically. So then we can get to making the mods faster. So I helped him do printing the prototypes and everything else. And then, yeah, basically it's just search Google and look at ideas. Nice. Like literally, like literally most of my ideas are just like, you go on Google image search and be like tactical handgun or sci-fi rifle or AK tactical or anything like that. And then you just find stuff that looks cool, throw it up. You basically make a canvas out of it in the program, throw it up as a backdrop, do your rough sketches, and then just kind of go from there. Okay. So what's the, um, what's like, let's like your, your, the what's, Jesus, I can't talk. The um, biggest, not the, maybe not the most biggest project, but like the most difficult project. That's the word I'm looking for. Difficult. What is the most difficult project that you've done to date? The most difficult one right now that I'm working on Probably the one that I'd say the difficult by length is probably like the, the Zeta Megwells that I did for the FSC. I worked on this one for like probably a year and a half before I released it to give it to somebody to be like, I trust this enough that I'm going to, I can give this to you and it's not just going to horribly fail. Okay. You're confident. And then, and then current hard, as in just like design difficulty wise is probably the MG 100 bullpup that I'm doing right now. Oh, you know, just a bullpup, just a bullpup. <laughs> That's wild, man. I'm excited to see it. I know the bullpup is like, is, is, is like the unicorn of the paintball world. Yeah. It's what everybody wants, but nobody. The, the, it, it, it's, it's one of those things where it's like you take a niche product and then put it into a niche sport. And, yeah. and then make it even more specific to those people. Yeah. And it's like, cause you let it's, it's no different than the TGR bullpup kit that they have that everyone was super hyped for. And then nobody bought. Well, and then they sold like a hundred and some of them or whatever it was. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like everyone was yeah. just all hot and horny over it. And then it's just like, okay, now they're for sale. And everyone was like, Oh, well I didn't want to buy it. I just wanted to see it. Yeah. That's exactly it. It, 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 it. It's funny. One of those things where it's like, you have that, super fanboy culture of oh i would throw my wallet at you when if you make this or you make that and it's like i get a lot of re really really one-off specific requests that are just like yes that's super cool in theory but it's like i'll spend my prototyping time and x hours designing it for you and maybe one other person to buy it yeah so it's like it's like for for personal projects sure but when like some random person's like i'm not willing to pay for your design time but i want you to build this really super technically cool thing and then just kind of give it to me and you're just like i would love to be able to do that but i can't 
yeah, 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 yeah. No, no, no. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> just no. There's nothing about that that is 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 redeemable. Um, but it doesn't surprise me. It doesn't surprise me in the least that somebody would straight up just ask. Um, what is the like? Mm, without name, I don't know. Hmm, I want to know what some of the weird stuff you've been asked about, but at the same time, I don't want like. <laughs> whoever asked for um, it to be like this is bullshit like call me out on it so <laughs> I, I can do i can do a couple ones where it's like i make the fsc body kits but they were like hey can you make it so it pierces the co2 when you rack the slide or can you 3d print a grip that'll do full auto because like people think that i can basically modify the internals with my printing of some way but it, it usually doesn't work out that way um that or like really, really large one-off projects. Like a lot of people like as cool as like the Halo battle rifle or like the M41 yeah. pulse rifle and stuff like that. It's like, I'd love to do it when I get like larger scale. Like if I had more than like my one single large printer right now where I could be like, okay, I can dedicate this one large printer to doing just crazy, stupid stuff. Then, yeah. I would totally then do it. But like right now it's like keeping up on orders to begin with with family and everything else and work being busy and just the world the way it is now. It's like until I can expand, it's like I'm just like got to struggle to keep up on the everyday orders and regular small stuff. And it's just like, but yeah. like it's there, like the crazy projects will come once I get a little more developed and I have that extra spare time and extra printers to be like, okay, I can, I can dedicate some time to just, random wild stuff that and that's the goal right um zach joseph why the bull pup um i've always been a fan of just like super light tight markers like i don't like a heavy marker so like my mg100 kit fully loaded is like 4.2 pounds or something like that so did stupidly you just get like did you just get an mg100 and be like i don't need that and i don't need that oh i, I i've that. actually <laughs> i've actually never like i bought it took it out of the box took the frame and everything off of it and it's now back in a closet somewhere and i haven't seen it since like i didn't even didn't even use it once didn't even air it up nothing like the, the shroud was just gone and yes. i basically just took the core and worked with that so I'm just I'm picturing you just like opening up a new marker box and be like, yeah, opening it in like one hand, you got a Dremel in the other already. Just well, like, yeah. like I'm just yeah. like <laughs> haven't even aired it up, just cutting shit off now. Yeah. Uh <laughs> that's the but you've got the 3D printer. Like I would love to be able to do stuff like that. I've like dabbled with like not CAD, but the um mm -hmm. you know, like the there's like a dozen free versions of CAD. Yeah, there's like there's like SketchUp and Fusion and Blender. Yeah, and, and I was like, oh, Tinkercad. I wonder how hard this stuff is. And like three hours later, I'm like, I'm, I'm done. I'm <laughs> done. I'm not doing this. I'm well, that was the, to the pros. Because like before I started, I had like, besides high school CAD, I had zero design experience. So basically I just downloaded SketchUp at the time, learned like the basics. And then over time I swapped over to Fusion 360, which is a, mm -hmm. like a, more like a full engineering CAD software. So like it, it can do like fluid simulations and other I've crazy stuff with it. Yeah, I've seen And that. with that, I just brute force learned. So basically I would just use the program, run into a wall, YouTube it, be like, okay, how do I, how do I get past this? Right. Look and then the 13 year old is going to explain to you. Exactly, how to exactly. It. It's like, how do I, how do I do this function? Or how can I make this corner rounded in the way that I want? Or how can I do this? <laughs> and like the amount of times where it's like I spent like 20 design hours on a project and then you learn some new function and you're like, oh man, I need to go look back at this project. And you take that 20 hour project and like rehash it out in 30 minutes. And you're like, why didn't I know this before? <laughs> <laughs> this one control function. Is yeah, all exactly. I yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, see, I never took any of that. And like they offered it. They were like, hey, like, high school cat it was an option instead mm -hmm. i took metal fab and i welded wrenches to the bench because yeah exactly. my teacher was a he was a really nice guy <laughs> actually he yeah. was just really easy to bug um so i never learned any of that cool stuff i did take like computer science once got really bored um because i knew more than they were teaching and then i was just like okay i'm done doing computer stuff um how many hours out of the day are your printers running that's what christopher struck wants to know i also want to know. um if they're actually like, if I have orders nonstop, they don't stop. They just print. Do you ever worry about like uh, overheating? 
Um, I have power shutoffs basically, and the printers have built-in firmware that if they overheat, they turn off. Nice. Do they start back up, or is it just you have to go back and like? No, like what? Like most of the time, when a print fails, it's basically done. Like certain printers can kind of save certain prints depending on how they fail. Like say you run out of filament, you can usually replace the roll, put it back on, and it just sort start of... up the print again. But a lot of the time, like print failures will be like you'll lose a support material that holds up like an overhang. And then that whole overhang just turns into like a giant spaghetti monster that falls onto your bed. And gotcha. You come okay. home and you have this giant tangela looking thing on the bed and a giant mess. Zach Joseph is just dropping all of the hashtags. <laughs> just hashtag all the hashtags. Hashtag collaborate to innovate. Hashtag makers going to make. What was the other one? Like hashtag buy local. Ha- like this dude's, He's all. He's got all the hashtags. He's just busting out like the, the basic white girl all over the place. Yeah. Um. Oh crap! You know what I just did? I lost all of Will's questions. So while I look for those, um, let's talk about the machines. So when I okay, when I think three D printing, I've seen some. St- I know I know three D printers range in from like super cheap to super expensive. Um are yours separate like do, your builds look pretty solid i've seen some 3d printing where i can literally see like the layers mm-hmm. with the naked eye from several feet away yours don't so, seem to have that so the big thing with that it's a lot of the time is people expect to like pick up a 3d printer and just be like oh it's like any old appliance i can turn it on and hit start and it'll do its thing right but every type of different filament that you use has specific settings you got to run. You got to dial your temperatures in different temperatures. will give you different finishes. More cooling will give you better finishes or different finishes. Higher temperatures give you more strength, but give you less quality. Whereas lower temperatures can give you a better looking quality with less strength. So it's one of those things where it's like part of the prototyping is you find your settings that work like, how many layers or how many wall layers do you want to use? How many, uh, like what thickness of layers do you want to use? So uh, a standard printer would be, I think it's like a 0.4 millimeter nozzle. So an average layer height would be like 0.2 millimeters. And then when you stretch that over, say 300 millimeters, you get prints that are taking 25, 40, 60 hours to print. And then if you have other people that are like, oh, I want it really, really high quality, then you're like, okay, I can dial it down to a 0.1 layer. And then it becomes like incredibly detailed, but then you multiply your time by 100% because you just have your layer heights. Yeah. So with the printers that I have, like I have currently four, I only have one going right now because I have one that's broken, killed a, killed a cooling fan. Nice. Um, the... I have one large scale printer. I can here I'll bust out the. Uh, you can see the mass. Right. All right. So the large scale printer, which is, it'll print up to four hundred millimeters tall, so about fifteen inches. So like this is what I'll use for all my taller body kits. So gotcha. I'll just go like this here. Oh. Here's one of the, like, the Hammer 7 kits that came off the printer. So like it would print in this orientation. So basically, down up with supports and everything else. Neat. And then, so yeah, then I have... Basically, they do the exact same thing, just smaller. And then just another printer, just smaller. Gotcha. And then I, and then I have the uh, LED resin printer... That's the little black thing in the background that you were questioning me on about this one right here, which does all my D&D and Warhammer and tabletop gaming figurines and stuff. Nerd. No kidding. Super nerd. <laughs> I also saw the Razer keyboard and mouse too. So. Oh, yes. What am I running? Corsair. Uh, <laughs> so that's cool. Uh, like Zach, Jack, Zach, oh my God, Zach Joseph says there in the chat, he says, every aspect of the printing is basically just a, ba- a giant balancing mm-hmm. act. Um, yeah, because because it, it's basically, it's like, you, you have to be like, you can make something super, super strong, but it may not look as good. But if you're willing to do, say, like after effect finishing, so like if you're willing to do like a Bondo and a sand and stuff like that, then I you're outer, then you're, then, you, 
then your outer finishes don't really matter so much. But where you're you're looking at stuff like if I'm selling a kit that's like this one here, where I want to sell it as this, yeah. and like even this isn't one of my like it's not super duper high quality, but it's to the point where I have a filament that hides layer lines really really well, which uh, basically so you're not seeing all the ridges and the bumps, so it allows me to print at a higher resolution without having to sacrifice time so like at the resolution it prints at now i can print one of these in say 14 hours whereas if i were to put it at like a standard layer height to hide lens on say a less higher quality filament it would take 20 to 25 hours to print so one, it's one of those things that it's the balancing act of basically the uh how quick do you want to print something and how good do you want it to look is basically yeah. Um, you mentioned uh, the Bondo thing there. So Bondo mm -hmm. and sanding. So is, are there any, like for anybody out there who, who maybe has a 3d printed item and they're seeing all the bumps and the ridges and, and it feels plasticky, I get feels, yeah. you know what I mean? So is yeah. there a way, is there, is there a way to smooth that out while also like reinforcing the plastic at all? Or is it just, so it it depends. Like there, you can get clear coat resins, so like two part epoxies. Mm -hmm. um, I've heard people had good luck with that. So basically, you just brush on two part epoxy, let it dry, sand it down. Um, the one thing that you will lose, depending on what your your coating is, you you'll lose some detail if you have like small minor details. So I usually try not to put like super high detail stuff onto onto the marker kits and stuff like that. So like I'll put like the slots and other stuff like that, but. It allows you, if you want to paint it or um, sand it, you don't lose that, the de the larger details. But so you can, like, like for strength-wise, um, depending on the material you're using, so like PLA, which is majority of what I use, like I use a high-strength PLA, so a PLA plus. So it's good, it's strong, but it doesn't do well in heat. So in really hot areas, you would switch to say something stronger like an ASA or an ABS, which has a higher heat resistance, right. but it then has different strength properties compared to say PLA or lesser materials that don't have the heat. Okay. So what you're saying is, and a, it, it's, this is turning into a balance of uh, how good do you want it to look? How fast how do you want it? And how much actual like material chemistry do you know? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so it, 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 it's one of those things where it's like you can, you can kind of scratch the surface and be like a hobbyist printer and you're like, yeah, I print cool things. And then it gets to the point where it's like, okay, I'm now at the point where I print stuff off with a certain setting and I go into the backyard and unload first strikes on it or whatever else to see if it breaks or what's the melting point. If I print stuff at like this thickness, like how much durability can I get with stuff? Cause like I have a lot of customers down in like Texas and California. I had one guy who accidentally left one of the marker kits in his car and it was like 105 degrees oh God. Fahrenheit down there. So it literally just like puddled and pancaked the kit. And he's like, well, why did it melt? I was like, well, you put it in a car that was 105. So the car was probably like 150, which is, pretty close to just like the glass point of some of the materials i use it's like, that's it's like, it, just, it just it's like you're gonna melt you're baking cookies at that point i was gonna say you're that's literally the temperature of like your oven yeah like that's wild um two things first strike so the folks over at first strike say uh and i quote chad bob is the man so apparently first strike's a big fan of you and then zach joseph saying yeah. fiberglass resin works good too so yes is is what it, i'm guessing that's just like plastic with fiberglass it's, well, yeah it's just it? it's just like fiber infused resin you basically just paint it on and it's got the fibers in it and it oh. just reinforces nifty kind of like it's it's like uh so like one of the other filaments i have is like a uh, carbon fiber infused petg so it's normally like a really high strength good at temperature but it also has carbon fibers in it so you just get that extra flex resistance to it jesus <laughs> like you, you go to like if you were to go on like a filament website and just be like i want filament you have like ten thousand options and then at that point it's just like okay now i need to research 
what what are all my applications? Is it going to be hot? Is it going to be cold? Is it doesn't need impact resistance? Does it need to be flexible? Can it be brittle? And it's just like ginormous yeah. balancing act. And you're just you try to find like I try to find like that kind of do all. And I found that with the PLA plus, it's super strong. It can take an impact. The only downside is it's heat heat resistant isn't good. So like if I were to put some of my kids kits outside, so if it's like a 30 degrees Celsius day, if you were to just leave it in the sun, it'll start warping, right? Just from, okay. it's kind of like how like the asphalt heats up on, on a hot day. Yeah, it's it a black item. Like, yeah. It's going to be double as hot as what it is outside. But if you're moving around, you're not staying static, you're out playing paintball, the item doesn't get hot because it's got airflow, it's cooling. You don't it's have to worry about probably in the shade half the time. Exactly. Like... So like, as long as you're not like statically leaving stuff out on in the sun, you're good. And that's basically the only thing I warn to people when, when I sell them things, especially down in the States, I'll try to sell them with my higher temp stuff, depending on what the markers and stuff are. But it's just like, if you have it out, take a towel with you, take a blanket, fold it into a blanket, just so it doesn't have like direct sun and stuff on it. Right. But the other way you can protect it as well, if you have like UV, UV protective paint, even just a layer of paint uh, that isn't black or tan. Just or say, like if you put like a cools white... It down, like yeah, like it cool it cools it down way more. Like I like with my markers and stuff, I've done some tests with, like the uh, uh, you can't really see it because there's a big giant board in the way. But uh, I have a tan, uh, my tan MG100. In the sun, it doesn't get hot because the tan just kind of reflects the it heat, reflects doesn't absorb it, heat, yeah. and and you don't get the the flexing and stuff like that. Cool. Um, so we'll get back to one of William Gordon's numerous questions here. Uh, what item do you make that you wish paintball maker manufacturers sorry markers what item do you make that you wish paintball marker manufacturers incorporated into original designs oh that's tough um i wouldn't say like something that they would make to add into something because like i I feel like that's the purpose of the third-party community like the cosmetic stuff is awesome it's cool but like, I think for functionality wise, I feel that more modular markers, like a lot more, a lot more markers instead of being, um, I'll say like the T15 or the A5, where they're a modular core or a clamshell, right? Yeah. You don't really have much leeway in your designs where you have a solid piece of metal and it's yeah made to look like something right which which totally works with the the t15 so you can do all the m4 mods you can do m16 you can do acrs you can do all that whereas when you have the markers like the mg100 the reason i like them is they are pretty much a body kit on a core and being able to build around a smaller core is a lot easier than the large M4 kits or the AK kits and all, all that kind of thing. But like as, as like a printed item or like a body kit thing, um, it would be cool if, if manufacturers actually had their own cosmetic add-on kits. But once again, it's one of those things where when you're coming from an industry standard of, okay, we need to injection mold this stuff and we need to make X copies. It, it just doesn't, it's not financially feasible. Right. Yeah just because molds are hella expensive because that's why I'm still pre- 3D printing. <laughs> yeah. We actually, it was, that was something. As you, as, you, as you were talking with Davey, like, because yeah. that was the bit, that was the big holdback. Molds are really, really expensive. And unless you're buying molded items in extremely high quantities, it's it's not feasible. And unless you have right. that upfront capital, you, you, you can't just be like, oh, I want to I make an injection molded of my, fsc lures or, or my hammer kits and it's like that alone is like okay i need 10 grand just for just for the molds yes yeah exactly that was one thing uh years ago we had uh steve from what's well, now tier one armament but it was max tech at the time um, yeah and he's a machinist by trade and somebody kept asking about a bullpup bullpup a bullpup this was years ago and he said we'll do a bullpup and we'll make you one it'll be fifty thousand dollars but we'll do you the one, you know, like to yeah. get a company yeah. to cut the molds, set the machine, manufacture the parts and assemble it. Just one is going to be 50 G's like, yeah. uh, and people had no idea 
you know, they, yeah. but the general public just doesn't know. Um, it's very similar. Like with, with my kids, I've also looked into like, you go to like Shapeways or the bulk printing people yeah. and you, you see what like batch prints can be for like SLS or MJF printed. So like, that's the multi-jet fusion, which is like, think of it like an actual printer head, but it prints nylon. And then there's the laser centered laser, which is laser infused nylon. So, and they have like the big giant heated chambers that print at like 500 degrees. And that's where you get like the super crazy strong stuff. So like Opforge, their AK kits are made on SLS and MGF printers. Cool. And you can print very large quantities of batches of stuff for cheaper. But you once again have to have, I have to have, I could buy 5,000 of my FSC kits but I have to spend $25 each on them. Right. So you got to have that upfront cost versus return. Right. You got to do that initial investment. Yeah. Um, uh, Sam Couture, uh, MWR paintball says, hi. Uh, He also says 3d printing products won't get discontinued. This is Uh, true. And that's very true. That's a really good point. Uh, 3d printed parts don't get discontinued. Um, Which is great because we're seeing a lot of where paintball is finally old enough that like we're seeing things come into the market and be really popular and then vanish you know like it's we i mean the early days comes in and then and then it's vaporware and it's gone right right yeah the early days of paintball obviously you know stuff came and went really fast but that was in the days when like pneumatics were just still new Mm -hmm. people were just figuring out new shit right yeah now it's now it's things like the m17 from milsig you know what i mean or yeah. like the m5 yeah. like it's they're going away um, it's like here it's like here and gone like max tech as well be going from like honor core to max tech to oh that was interesting no honor core to scarab arms to max tech to yeah i think there's a fourth one in there somewhere overseas yeah. like that was just a shit show um but yeah it's uh and cody epoch paintball says hi 3d yeah. 3dp for life 3d was it 3d print 3d printer for life i'm yeah. guessing so um awesome all these people are jumping in everyone's everyone wants to say hi uh as a maker there's another one of will's questions this is a really good one uh where do you see the future of speedball related prints and mods um is the honest I see it like online. I see a lot more open source speedball stuff just because it's it. I feel like speedball is a lot more like one dimensional and what's required. Like you want something as small as possible. You're not looking for something huge and flashy. Um, most of the 3d printed speedball stuff I see is like modified feed decks. You see the modified grip handles. You can see the, um, whatever the speed loader, the flappy, top speed loader things you yeah, toss on top hoppers. I, I, I haven't honestly I haven't owned a hopper marker since like 2001 so I I, I don't even know what's it's, going on in the world of speedball I, I honestly I don't know if there is much room for 3d printing in speedball simply because like looking at the mini like mm-hmm. where or what could you possibly add to this where it's all aluminum and yeah. nothing comes off so the one good thing, like now that Cody's actually in here, he could probably post a picture of it is he has like his ion bullpup that is super wickedly badass. And the ion was good because it's an electric marker. You can run the tubing yeah. wherever you want and it's very modular. So stuff that once again, like stuff that's like the MG 100, the ion, uh, the GOG enemy, all that kind of stuff is really good. Enemy. in this, the, the, or the speedball world that would transfer over really, really well to the MegFed world. Like that's why the MG100 works is because it's, it's the other thing is, is the breach location right now with speedball markers, 90% of them can only use dam mags because dam mags are rear feed and all other standard paintball mags, because they're all blow forwards, they're front feed. So you have that big giant space for where the bolt has to travel. Whereas with the smaller gamma core and the spool valves, everything can load from the rear versus loading from the front. So you can't, it, you can't make first strike ready markers with 
say T15 or G mags and stuff like that without severely modifying and like moving the triggers rearward and all that kind of stuff on um, speedball style markers because either A, the feed port isn't where it needs to be or B, you have all the giant regulators and everything in the like the grip cross section right below where the feed port and everything would be. Then your other option is you stick a magazine on the top, like, uh, <laughs> like if, you look at, if you look if you look at Zach's, he's got his Bren uh, T15 mod that's got like the big giant top bed T15 magazine and stuff. Right. Yeah. Yeah. I think uh, Zach mentioned Fang and Blade triggers, which is a good point. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. I, I could see. I mean, I'm I'm just looking at my mini right now and looking it over, and I'm thinking like, I I don't know what you could 3D print for a mini but i'm sure something could be done i don't know i'm not that creative mm-hmm. so maybe you know somebody else will come up with something but um i don't know I, it'd be interesting to see what can come up i'd like to see more 3d printing in the speedball world just simply because especially in the three in in the speedball world everything's kind of boring looking um i that's like the thing is with speedball i, I find it's very very much like form over function or function over form versus yes 100 percent. it's literally a bolt and a regulator and then they go okay we're gonna wrap a body and it's, around it and it's how much how fast and how easily right um defcon paintball says power drop forwards which would be interesting um i don't know I, I i'd love to see something now i mean we're seeing the resurgence of mech paintball which there's a lot more freedom i think with mechanical paintball um because those markers tend to be a little bit more um modular a little bit easier to take apart and whatnot the pump world i think the pump world will benefit yes uh, big time huge because i'm uh, i've got hold on let me pack up the mini and grab the kp3 (laughs) yeah right so like like a a custom printed handle would just you know what i mean like instantly comes to mind Um, oh like that's the thing it's like especially for that because it's like small and super easy to design custom pump handles would be super duper easy and quick to do custom pump handles i'm looking at like the back here like where the actual handles touch the bolt like that could Mm -hmm. be done pins i don't know if well i don't know would would 3d printing be able to strong enough to hold it where that metal pin hits i don't know Uh, maybe maybe some resins yeah but yeah so there's room in the pump world like custom printed uh handles would be really nice this is a plastic handle uh sorry i just noticed uh so there's definitely room for that i'd love to see some stuff happen um sam couture what about accessories on the field i'm not sure what he means by accessories on the field Uh, i think he's talking more like so like bomb setups or doing uh like flag boxes where you can flip led lights and 3d printing enclosures and stuff like that um okay yeah or I guess for speedball on the field, I don't know, maybe 3D printed, like, I know some of them run the button systems and stuff like that. Yeah, some of them run um, button systems. A lot of them run, like, the flag system. I'm not mm-hmm. sure what, Sam, Sam, you're going to have to elaborate on that one for us, but Cody uh, says, bring back custom speedball marker milling like the 2K4 Timmies. Yeah. Yes. All I can say is yes. Yeah. Um, Zach Joseph, inflatable bunker fill neck caps. Doable. If I knew what those look like and could be used for, yeah, right. It's like I can do it. What is it? You know, yeah. like it's fill a fill neck inflatable bunker fill neck caps. Oh, I have a oh. I have a feel I have a feeling they probably get stepped on lots of times and broken, and you can't get replacements. Uh, well, a lot of uh, bunkers, like air bunkers, um, you fill them up, and then you you just lay like a flap over it half the time. Um. Ponage PV says the 3D print a hopper to hold a light for the glow in the dark paintballs. That was a thing. Mm-hmm. The glow there's also the there's also the suppressors that also do the LED lights. Those LED were strip. neat. I'm I'm, surpri- I'm I'm not surprised they didn't really take off, but it was a really cool concept. Uh, like ultra well, bright LED. Like it, it's kind of I guess one of those things where it's like you got to have a place that plays with glow night, in the dark night games besides like the one one or two night games that you'll play. Yeah. in a year or two or if you were running say like an indoor field with that was low lit would be the other way i could possibly see yeah i always thought it'd be kind of neat to have have something like that running on uh 
on a marker and just sort of mix in a couple of glowing balls and then you would just go and mm-hmm. get the tracer round effect would I, yeah. would be kind of fun in a night game sam uh sam actually was talking about tools or gadgets to improve the experience such as like gun holders which i actually mm-hmm. seen a really nice 3d printed foldable gun holder yeah i've seen a couple guys do like the they're basically uh i've seen them use pvc pipe with like foldable corners and then yeah. you just crack it into the sa and then that's it. Yeah, barrel, same idea. It uh, I'd seen one that the guy had actually 3D printed because he had the he had the Bob Marley uh, die, so it was like that that like Jamaican colors to it, and he had one 3D printed to match it, which was really nice. So, 3D print a hopper to hold a light for it. That'd be kind of neat. That'd be an interesting like one-off game. I wonder if I can organize something like that. Glow in the dark paint. I think at one point I saw there was a magazine for like I, I want to say the Milsig or a Hammer 7 that had like the one panel just had an LED light in the side to charge to charge them up paintballs as as they're coming through the Megwell. I imagine like the first one would be super bright and great and then they would just like gradually get dimmer. Yeah, you know exactly. what I mean? Like depending on how fast you fire those bad boys. Um Oh, just make sure that I'm not, I'm not missing any comments. Um Would you ever make a complete body and with swap internals for another marker. It depends on like, that's one of those things where it comes down to, could I get like, I could probably prototype it in my materials and then you would have to like 3d print it out of like SLS or MJF or yeah, a really high strength resin. Pretty. Just because w- once you start dealing with high pressure air and if it's not like a contained system, then you kind of get in that sketchy thing where it's like, I don't have the same testing ability of like, say like a large manufacturer that like, I know the exact tensile strength of aluminum or exact strength of this injected plastic kind of thing where it's like, well, I think that should work and it may not blow up in your face, it but we're just going to have to wait and see. May not. It might, it might full blown detonate. Who knows? Yeah. Um, okay, man. Last question. And this one is, um, it's a mouthful. So bear with me. This one's from Will. Unless there's more questions show up in the chat. This is the last question from Will. There seems to be a lot of great markers and some not so good yet ones out there. Uh, what should I look for as a player when I'm considering working with a maker? What materials? What goes into pricing? What are the warning signs for a deal or material or design that is too good to be true and I should avoid? So how do you know what maker to work with and what maker not to work with? Like, what is, what's a telltale sign? Um, I would say, like, do you actually see their products out in the wild? Do you see people actually referencing them? Like, do you see people tagging them in posts to be like, Hey, go work with this guy or, Oh, Hey, go do this. And the biggest thing is like, do you see them getting inflamed in the paintball groups? Cause like we've had people in the past that have with some shady dealings that have basically been ran out of the uh, paintball groups just for being releasing really shady non-tested products and taking a lot of money from people and it's just like it's one of those things where because of people's past actions i i'm very hesitant to release products until i myself test them to the point where it's like i would buy this i would use this and i wouldn't have an issue making people spend money on it whether how however much it is okay because like the thing the thing is is once again it's one of those balancing acts where it's like just because you have a 3D printer and just because you have the design, have the designs, doesn't mean you're going to present a, a quality product. Gotcha. I think I know what you're talking about, and I won't go into details about it. Yeah. But uh, I think I know exactly what you're talking about. So look out for vaporware, I guess, is one thing. Like, it's it's one thing for a big company to, to tote, like, a really big, cool, crazy contraption. Maybe it's a little another when you find like a maker that has only really shown up out of nowhere. Yeah. Toting like this, like it's one thing if a maker shows up and they're like, Hey, I'm just starting. I've made a GoPro mount. You yeah, know what I exactly, mean? And, and right? then like, that's when you want to try with, you'd be like, okay, I'll try the GoPro mount. And then they go from GoPro mount to like, I made a, uh, you know, a, a sweet little like uh fake silencer for the FSC. Yeah. And then they sort of like ramp up that way. It's another thing when they sort of come out of the gate and they're just like, boom, I've custom made an entire mag that you should buy. Or like a a giant full-size rifle kit or whatever, where it's just like, and the thing is, is it's one of those things where it's like the other makers, it's like, 
you kind of discuss sometimes when you're like, is that really feasible? Is what he trying to do actually something that we could like focus on and right. accomplish? And you're like, oh, it seems kind of far fetched. It's like, why does he keep showing us the CAD drawings, but nothing's actually yeah, been printed? Yeah, but nothing's nothing's been printed yet. Right. Yeah, no, exactly. Or it's like I'm doing. I can make your Tipman 98 custom look like an uh, like the the Barrett 50 cal sniper rifle, and it's like cool. Exactly. And you look, and he's got like the DIY like half cardboard maker printer. Yeah, with some with some black tape on the side to cover things up. Gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, but like for as for markers. Like everyone knows, like Hammer Seven super modular, FSC super modular. Um, stay away from guns that are clamshells. Clamshells are just super super hard to design around because you don't really have. Because it's a clamshell. Any, it's, it's a clamshell, right? Um, it's like it's even the when it when it comes actually to some clamshell markers, so like the A5 and X7 stuff. Like MW, I think Sam's in in the chat right now, but MWR Paintball does super cool A5 mods that bolt on really well and are functional and Sweet. real systems. And, but like when it comes to like mag fed markers, like on the market right now, T15 is really good if you want to do like four grips or any type of DMR long sniper mods. Because anything you can, that you would throw you, you can, you can, for an AR. Yeah, exactly. Anything you can that's online for an AR, you can make, right? Cool. Uh, MG100, the base platform itself is very, very, very small. So you can make small kits. You don't have to be building around some giant platform, right? Um, M5 was really good as well because it was a very narrow platform so you could slide kits over um, M17 same thing had a really easy connecting structure yeah on the front it was rear. like four pieces that just sort of bolted together and you just yeah, undid exactly. each piece as you wanted yeah the, the M17 was a really nice modular marker that way mm -hmm. yeah and like the other thing too is, is like there's the Megwell options now so like the Hammer 7 uh zach makes three different magwell options you have yeah. cody making the bottom fed lever action uh i probably won't i honestly probably won't make magwells because they have it covered say, there's like, no like, there, there's literally no point for me to like they've designed it it's done it's they, they've they they're good at it so why would i take market share or anything to be like oh i'm going to compete with them when it's easier for me to be like hey go support zach or hey go support cody oh, buddy but that's how you that's you become the apple of the makers you let somebody else do all the r&d <laughs> and get it working and into the field and then you take it and go they've done 90 percent of the work i'm going to do an extra 10 percent, yeah. make it a little nicer and boom it's yeah. revolutionary right uh, <laughs> i used to sell computers for a living so i was i have like this yeah <laughs> um just one second I don't know what's going on. The two-legged person, this furry human, is coming down. Do me, come here, come here. <laughs> Zach Hello. says, "Just round the corners." If you're oh. going to do Magwell, just round the corners. Oh, this is the two-legged furry human. Was, you can see her tiny stubs. That's. I was honestly, I was expecting a much smaller dog. I don't know why. No, nope. in my mind, <laughs> I was expecting nope, she's, a much smaller. Come here, so, <laughs> yeah, she's she's a medium-sized dog. Yeah, she's got no, she's got no feet. And surprisingly, we're actually going to be. Uh, I'll be working with a veterinary prosthetic person, and we're going to be making her rear feet. That's cool. It's like the so ultimate, she'll have like, like the bionic. Boobies. I want to try to make her like the. The, like sprinter blades or whatever you want to yes. call them so like she'll have the springy feet right she'll be able to jump on the counter even better exactly <laughs> you'll never catch her that's really cool 3d printed feet that's super neat yep. that's who did that who else i've seen that for some they like did that for like an elephant yeah or something like it was I've missing seen that. yeah they like yeah and they did 3d printing and all that that's super neat that's super cool um Let's talk about projects, man. Let's let's finish up. Let's talk about what you got on the go. What can we look forward to? Can you give us any like sneak um, peeks? Uh, well, I released this one the last week where the pump action using um, Zach's lower, which you can get from Zach. You're basically making um, it into a tactical shotgun, which is badass. Yeah, stuff. cool. Because the thing is, is like everyone, everybody's done the the bolt actions. Like I did the bolt handle because people were asking for a new bolt handle. Um, and <laughs> sorry. Saying <laughs> cyberpunk dog. Exactly. <laughs> and then this is my son, Calvin. Calvin, say hi to everybody. Hi. 
and then uh working on some new mg100 stuff cool. gonna be doing some more um carbine kits i'm looking at for the fsc i know i'll be back one second we'll get the dogs and the kids upstairs real it's quick. all good man okay i thought he was gonna find us like a cool marker thing i don't know all right he's gone we've lost him he'll come back um <laughs> until he comes back what do you guys want to see in the 3D printed world? And don't tell me bullpup. I don't want to hear any more of this bullpup crap. Uh, let's hear about like what cool, wild, weird, wonderful like things you want to see 3D printed. What is your wish? What do you want? Like what have you? What on your marker are you like? Man, I'd love to have this, that, or the other thing. That'd be really cool. Like that's. Let's talk about that. Oh, he's back. I am back. <laughs> so yeah, as as first strike says, dad life. Hashtag dad life. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah so i was just asking the folks at home like basically like what do they want in uh in, in like what do they want to see you know like what's the what's their wish their um uh, first strike i was expecting calvin to bring us the new scout pump conversion kit yeah it's 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 in the work it's in the work Ooh, wait Ooh. scout pump Shot, scout shotgun it's it's it's, it's, Body. it's, it's <laughs> you've got my attention <laughs> now because i was looking at it's funny i was talking to somebody about the scott the scout and they were saying i i've never i haven't handled one um but i just my play style i don't think i could slow down enough to use the bolt like i'd be scared of breaking the bolt that see that's the, the the one thing that i found too it's like i love playing my hammer seven but like you'd always need to have a sidearm on you because like as soon as you get sub 30 feet and multiple targets you can only rack the bolt so fast before right you... yeah so like whereas we're with, doing that um... whereas with the, with the pump shotgun you can especially with the hammer seven you can slam fire right so like yeah you 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 can unload 10 15 rounds like the one thing i'm super super excited for is like once i can get uh the flint mags and the planet uh eclipse mags is 20 uh, and 21 round the fitties the fitties mags um <laughs> having a 20 round shotgun and then just being able to like unload first strikes with it with a pump shotgun, right? Nice. Um, the other thing, yeah. So like the TA.1 megas or the I see the video of that. That is suit like I've never thought so, of a of a trigger. Um, well, thing. the reason I did the reason I holster. did the trigger is everyone asked me, "Hey, can you make a Kydex holster for your kits?" And the problem is, unless I make my kits out of like SLS as like a singular one that can be heated up to. 200 degrees you can't mold a kydex kit to them because you're gonna melt the kit (laughs) you're gonna melt the kit so what i did is i designed the trigger guard uh style catch so then you can doesn't matter if it's a carbine or if it's got a pistol kit if it's a stock pistol it'll all fit on basically on the holster without having to worry about will this fit in my holster or or do i have the right holster to fit yeah this setup that's cool that's really neat. I like, I never, the trigger system is clever. I really like that. Yeah. I was looking uh, like, I'm looking into like, I, I want to do larger markers as well. So like I eventually want to do like a T15 so you can like throw it on a back on the side of a backpack kind of thing with like a quick release. Or if you want to throw a, a hammer seven on a backpack with a quick release. And so for the people that want to run like us, cause like I have ran say hammer seven on the backpack pistol as a primary. And then when you're sitting far back, you holster the pistol, pull out the, hammer seven throw rounds down range kind of idea so you're talking division level stuff like yeah like literally and like who do, who, who doesn't who who doesn't like to be super tactical cool right exactly like exactly who, who doesn't want to be like who's this badass on the field and what the hell is he doing exactly it's like who's this why is he always in the back and taking yeah. photos more than he's doing anything yeah exactly um, right heather wood parking parking lot warriors <laughs> Heather Wood was uh, says uh, I want a special clip for my marker to attach it to my chest rig because I'm not very mobile and I need walking devices at times or I crawl. Biggest issue with crutches through is how to stabilize my marker while moving. Uh, Chad and I have chatted about this before, so that's kind of neat. So like like it would clip to her chest rig and then she would mm-hmm. walk with her crutches and then like pull she it off. she just tell Heather well she just has to be patient because I already have because she's using crutches i'm making her a wrist mounted either fsc or other i have a couple markers that i have in mind that'll be so she can use crutches and then just pull a hand up and shoot well that's cool 
And then Zach Joseph says he wants an M1 Garand. Uh, Zach Joseph doesn't get to say anything. He's a maker. He gets to make whatever the <laughs> hell he wants. Um, See, that's the, that's the one thing. The, the M1 Garand would actually work really, really well with like the MG100. Uh, the other thing, I, that's one thing I want to try is I need to get some bendable tube so I can relocate where the lower ASA is and then toss an MG100 into like a rifle stock is the one thing I want to try to accomplish as well. Yeah, but you got to add the little bell. Uh, yes. So that you can get the ding. the ding. You need the ting, right? It's got to happen. If it doesn't so, ting, it's not an M1. I just, I, I just had an idea. So with the magazine, because with the long followers, the detent cover that goes in the top, I could just make it out of like aluminum or tin. So when it hits it, ting. it would go ting. That's... Zach could make the top part. That's he's got the He's got the tools. That's inge- Yeah, it would be the lock bolt. Just ping, and that'd be perfect. Yeah. That'd be, I wonder, like, would that damage the bolt, though? Probably not. Uh, Sam Couture, how do you feel about releasing files for others to print? Maybe only some products. How would you go about this? I'm curious. I'm sure I've been asked before to sell. Sure you've been asked before to sell your STLs. So basically, it comes down to the person. Um, and, like, there's certain exceptions where it's like, I sold to someone that was literally living on an island outside in Australia area. And basically there's no way for me to send them a print or mail them something. So they had a 3d printer and they're like, Hey, we play here. Can I print off X kit? I said, sure. I'll sell you the file for whatever regular cost is. And you're free to print it. Just don't, you kind of take the word to some people where it's like, don't resell it yeah. or anything like that. And then there's other people where it'll be like, if you know, they're a maker and stuff like that, there are times where like we totally interchange files. So like there are times where like, Hey Zach, I want to show off your lowers with my pump kit and I have your lower kit. I'll print one off, give you the shout out, all that kind of stuff. So like, there's a lot of give and take in between makers where it's like, Hey, I really like your idea. I want to try to use that idea in something that I'm building. Is there anything you like of mine that you would like to try out or use? I can send you those. And then when it comes to like, I I've done custom one-off STLs where it's like, Hey, I want this file. Can you design it? Yeah, I'll sell you that file. It's yours to keep. Do with it as you wish. Whereas, say, something I I would use as, like, for my own monetary gain. So, like, my more fancy FSE kits, my Zeta lowers and stuff right. like that. Those I'll keep because of the time that takes to, like, the design and stuff that goes into them. But, like, simple things like, some of those mock suppressors if somebody wanted like a custom one-off mock suppressor giving files away like that isn't so bad but it's more so the stuff that took 20 30 hours of engineering it's it's the stuff that it's like blood sweat and tears of taking the time to design it prototype it and make it work those are the ones that are tough to be like oh yeah i'll just you can have those ones those are those are whatever right yeah yeah okay awesome well we're we're past the hour mark um Time flies. Mm-hmm. So I think we'll end it here. Did you sure. have, did you want to shout anything out? Anybody you want to say it? What are your, what, any last words for the, for the listeners at, uh, well, I assume home. Well, I think the biggest thing is, is like, don't be afraid to give people ideas. Like if you want to see something come to fruition, don't be afraid to ask. Cause the worst thing we can say is it's not possible or I'm not the right guy to do it. And maybe we can point you into the right direction for something to do it. There you There's, go. That's, that's the biggest thing. And it's like, don't be afraid to try something new. Cause like I was dead set, like with my MG 100, I was like, oh, I need to have it air out the back. It's got to have like a standard rifle stock. It's got to be look like an AR 15. Then I finally actually used it with the bottom line. And I was like, Oh, maybe I can adapt it to use the standard position. And it's like, Oh, this actually works pretty good. There we go. So, okay. Yeah. So don't be afraid to, to ask and reach out and see if things are possible at the same time, don't be afraid to, you know, open your wallet a little bit. Yeah. And- support, support all your local makers. We yeah. love making stuff for you guys. Yeah. And uh, it's like, share, like, we love when people give us feedback because there's nothing worse than sending out a product and then no one says anything about it. Right. Where it's like, hey, does it work? How do you like it? Are there anything you would like to change? Right. Did it break? Or it's just like, be vocal. If yes. it's bad, tell me it's bad. I want to know that it's bad so then we can change it. Constructive criticism. Exactly. It's got to be legit constructive criticism, though. Don't just say it's bad and then leave them unread. Exactly. Exactly. <laughs> so, 
All right, folks, thanks so much for hanging out. It's been an absolute blast. Uh, Chad, thanks for coming on. And, thanks for having and, me on. And schooling me on, like, dipping my toe into 3D printing. I'm now terrified, and I don't think I'll ever start. But uh, <laughs> that's fine. I'll leave all that fun stuff to you and Zach and, and MegFitMaker and, and all of you crazy people who do all this weird stuff. So I'll just be the fancy voice on the on the microphone. That's that's what I'll that's what I've convinced myself I'm good at and it's what I'm gonna continue to do. Oh so. the one thing I would say a shout out for all the East Coast people. We have some amazing fields out in Saskatchewan. We're gonna be trying to throw some pretty big events next year so long as we get some <laughs> vaccines and stuff going going around hopefully. And yeah, we'd love to see some more east coast and u.s people out, out to some crazy events out here awesome looking forward to it i want to travel west i know i want to get out uh, out that way i don't know if i'll be able to but we'll see mm-hmm. um because it unfortunately costs me less to fly to germany than it does to fly yes. to saskatchewan so oh, i i'm i'm well aware all my mom's <laughs> family is from halifax so i know exactly what right? the cost is yeah it's, yep. it's kind of outrageous it's a little stupid um i've played around with the idea of actually like driving down to the United Dude, yeah. States, flying in an American airport oh, yeah. to an American airport yep. and then driving back up north. Um, and it's probably like half the price. Yeah. 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 There's a lot more yeah. logistics uh, to that one. But anyways, so that's it. We're out of here, uh, folks. Thank you so much for those who stuck around in the comments, chatting and all those who shared everything. Um, I basically completely dropped the ball on, on the sponsors and whatnot. So Real quick, big, you know, big shout out to uh, PB Swagbag, Artful Dodger, Beard Oil, Defcon Paintballgear.com, Tier 1 Armament, and of course the uh, the fabulous uh, Patreon supporters, Matt, Tim, Dr. Rush, Jeffrey, Ryan, Alex, Tony, Matt, and uh, Scotian. I'll get, uh, I'll do a better job next week, I promise. Maybe, we'll see. But that's it. Rody here. Thank you so much. And uh, if you guys have any questions, concerns, or anything like that, Feel free to uh, shoot me an email or a message anytime. Let me know what you guys think. But that's it. I'm out of here.